Welcome back to Millennial Thoughts Podcast with your favorite Black and educated women, Alicia and Kat. And we are on our millennial money journey. Two millennial women navigating adulthood, learning everything that college didn't teach us. Let's get to the biz. Budgeting, investing, savings, and student loans. But first, make sure you join our Facebook group, Millennial Thoughts, so you can keep up with the new episodes, join the conversation, and get resources to help you on your personal finance journey. If you enjoy this episode, please leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you may listen. And also don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Millennial Thoughts Pod. Two L's, two N's. Now to the thought of the day. Welcome back to Millennial Thoughts. Um, we have today Yasmin. Uh, she is a DC blogger and she's on her debt-free journey, aka on Instagram, she's known as Darker Barrier. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. I'm so glad you were able to come and you know give us some tips and tricks on this uh debt-free journey that we're all trying to live. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> So um, just give us a little bit of background about you, just something that some people may not know. Yeah. So like you said, my name is Yasmin and I'm an influencer and blogger. And um, my blog name is Darker Berry. So that's also my website name and my uh, Instagram name. And my blog focuses on fashion, fitness and finance for uh, millennials living in the city. Mm. so so I tried to be very specific with who I'm talking to (laughs) yes you really did and and it came down to millennials living in you know city or metropolitan areas I love that um how did you come up with darker barrier like your name yeah so when I first yeah so it's just darker berry uh, when I first started blogging, um, I just didn't see a lot of just like dark skinned girls. So I kind of just went with the name like, you know, kind of like how they say, you know, darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. Yes. So, you know, I was I was having a moment with that. Um, and then I just went with darker berry and it kind of just represents just, you know, just who I am. Yes, I love that. Yes, you know, shout out to our dark skinned bloggers. Hello, <laughs> Dana Bowden by chance. Of course, I love that. Yes, Dana. me too. And I always be happy for her because I'm just like, I love her. I said that one time. I was like, thank you. Like, this is representation because, you know, she's dark skinned. She's actually from yes. Baltimore. I think she's like in yeah. area. She lives in Atlanta now. But um, yeah, yes, I'm like, I, I love her. Yes, me too. I'm like, I love her. Like, that's so inspirational. I never really knew what an influencer was, but somehow I found her and I guess like I've seen that. And I'm like, I really love her, like her and her family, like chocolate or whatever. And because sometimes you don't really see that many um, right. dark skin influencers or like content creators. You, you see some of them like on um, YouTube and stuff like that. But I guess in the bloggers, I really don't know too many that well. Maybe that could just be me, but. Yeah, I love your name, though. And I love her, too. So shout out to Dana. <laughs> yes. Um, and I love how you said that you you use your niche for uh, millennials living in the city. So you already know it has to be popping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I just wanted to, you know, because my niche, I want you to be able to relate to, you know, my experiences and what I'm sharing. And because I live in D.C., it's a very much metropolitan area. 
So the advice and the stories that I give, you will relate to it more if you live in like, you know, a city environment, as opposed to if you're a millennial living in a rural area or a super suburb area where you don't have access to, you know, a big city. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what made you become a blogger, I guess, in general? Yeah, so I became a blogger because within my group of friends, I was like the go-to girl. So my friends would come to me for like hair advice and just different advice on little things. And I decided to kind of just transfer some of that knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, and put it on the internet. So I actually started out doing YouTube. And then when YouTube got a little too time consuming for me, I switched mm-hmm. over to having everything on my website and on oh, Instagram. Okay. So you said I did the YouTube, the, uh, been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. It, it takes you. Hey, shouts out to anybody who's a YouTuber because mm-hmm. editing videos and me right now, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. So it really is. I, I really, I really look up to anybody with a YouTube, with a mm-hmm. consistent YouTube channel, because it's easy to start, but trying to stay consistent mm-hmm. and have a great, great video quality, it takes a lot of work. So yeah, it does. I feel like that. Uh, I like YouTube, but I kind of feel like that on the blogger side. I'm like editing these, editing these blogs, like making sure your layout looks good. Like that is a lot of yeah. work. Typing and everything. I'm like, let me just do the video. I could talk it and I can keep it moving. <laughs> Hey, at the end of the day, it's all it's all work, and that's mm-hmm. why that's why you should get paid for it. That, it is yes, a lot that's of work. Why you should get paid for it? Come on, like you should because it really is a lot of work. And um, me having a podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, I'm like, okay, I can keep giving this content, but I need a a brand or something to cut a check. Okay, yes, <laughs> like yes. So I'm trying to figure it out, but nevertheless, like, um. I guess I want to talk more about your experience with uh, like finances and debt and different things like that uh, and how that has like shaped maybe your journey, Um, even blogging, because I know you do talk about finance and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and like money. um, And I guess how that uh, the debt, your debt free journey, like how is it going and how you kind of like started it? Yeah, so I started my debt-free journey about um, two years ago. So it was uh, October of 2018. Um, I got to a point in my life where, you know, I had a job. My job paid me, you know, a a decent amount of money. I wasn't complaining too much at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just found myself constantly struggling to, like, make ends meet. Like, I'll get paid, and then I felt like all the money instantly went out to, you know, all these different bills and I had like credit cards, my, like my credit card debt was just ridiculous. Okay. It was just crazy. And, you know, I had a car, so I was paying like my car loan. So I just felt like I was living like paycheck to paycheck. Even when mm-hmm. I got like bonuses and increases at work, I just felt like, why do I still feel so broke? So I started just, I randomly fell into Dave Ramsey I read his book, um, The Money Makeover, and then that kind of just like opened my eyes to like a whole new world. I started following all these different um, finance and debt-free bloggers, and then I just started to educate myself from that point on, on personal finance. And what was really interesting to me is actually my degree is in business. So, and I have my master's in business too. So it's like, I have years of education of business and management. And so, you know, I could run somebody else's company, but I just felt like when it came to my personal finances, I didn't know what to, where to start. I didn't know 
you know, I just felt like I was completely clueless when it came to my personal finance. So Mm -hmm. I really took the time to just educate myself, read different um, financial wellness books, read different blogs about how to budget and, you know, and really just try to figure out like, okay, what, you know, I get paid this amount, you know, what happens in the middle from me getting paid to me not right. having zero dollars in my account? Like, what's happening in the middle? Is somebody still in? You know, is there fraud <laughs> happening? Is there a scam? Is Joanne the scammer, like, in my account sitting in my money? <laughs> so, I really, I really had to just, like, figure it out, like, and just literally go through my, my account, like, dollar for dollar, like, okay, what am I spending my money on? Where is it going? And then how can I make it better? Mm-hmm. It's so funny that like you uh, said Dave Ramsey because a lot of people I have to interview and they're like, yeah, Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey. I'm like, he must is like the go-to person. I don't necessarily follow him. I have heard of him. But I'm just like, I wonder like what makes him like the person that everybody like is attracted to uh, when it like comes to like becoming that free. So what made me like um, Dave Ramsey is I felt like First, his book was simple and easy to read because it's like I didn't want I didn't want it. You know, sometimes you'll have like finance book and they they'll just start saying all these words that you have nothing, you know, no knowledge of or they'll overcomplicate something and you just get overwhelmed. And I didn't want nothing to overwhelm me. Like if I don't understand something, I need somebody to uh, explain it to me in simple terms. And I felt like Dave, his process or his book, um, because he has several books, but the one that I read was called The Money Makeover. And that book, it was just like straight up, straightforward. He tells you exactly what your plan should be. And then he lays it out in seven seven different, um, he calls them baby steps. So he Mm -hmm. lays the plan out in seven steps. And it's just like, if you follow this plan, you're going to get your life together. Like that's basically what he says. So it's straight up. So I think that's why a lot of people, you know, go to Dave Ramsey. Now I would say that it's just like, I don't recommend, you know, following any finance guru like to the T because at the end of the day they're not in your home they're not in your pocket so it's just like yes they can give you really great advice but it's up to you to take the knowledge that you receive from them and then tailor it to your specific Mm -hmm. needs and your specific goals because for example Dave Ramsey is like completely anti-credit cards and anti-borrowing any type of money unless it's like, you know, purchasing a home or something. And personally for myself, I feel like it's okay to have a credit card so long as you are super responsible with it, so long as you're making sure that, you know, you're not maxing out your car, you're paying, you know, you're paying it off on a regular basis. Like, I think credit cards are okay, but Dave Ramsey is like, hell no to credit cards so Uh you know so that's so that's just one example of something that dave ramsey teaches and it's just like i understand where that knowledge is coming from but it's just like for my life personally i plan on still using my credit card in a very limited role i'm not going to just pay my rent with my credit card but you know if i'm going out and having brunch yeah i'll charge it to the account and then pay it off at the end of the month Mm mm-hmm Okay, so uh, you like credit cards. You like using them? Um, yes, I do because I, I use them as a tool. And then it's, plus it's just like um, I don't want to close any of my credit card account because I know it will have a negative effect on my credit score. So um, so I do use my credit card. I have one credit card and 
I'll charge maybe like a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars on it or some amount that I know that at the end of the month I could pay it I could pay it all off okay so can you talk a little bit about that if you know more about that uh why if you close your credit card it will mess up your credit score yeah yeah, so your credit scores, so there are about, I believe there are like four or five different components that they look at in order to to come up with the number, the number that is your credit score. And one of the factors that they look at is your credit age. So that means how long have you had a, some type of a debt account or some type of a, you know, any type of like financial related account. So if you had your credit card for two years, and then that's the only debt that you had and you paid it off, but then you decided to just close the account, then it's like your credit age is like starting all over again. So if you're trying to buy a house or buying another car or something, they'll pull up your credit and say, okay, you may not have, you know, a long enough credit age because your, your credit score is really telling someone how responsible you are with borrowed money. Mm-hmm. So the longer, So the longer you have certain accounts open, it shows just like how responsible you are with these accounts. Oh, okay. And so then people don't necessarily close them because that affects your credit age. Yeah. Now, now your credit, you know, if you close an account, of course you can build, you can do other things to build your credit, your credit score, you know, back up. There are different ways that you can, you know, you can still improve your score, but just personally for me, um, and I am looking to buy a home within, within the next uh, two to three years. So I do want to ma- maintain my high credit score. So, um, yeah. So another, for example, so another thing that goes into calculating your credit score is your payment history. So they also want to make sure that whatever accounts you do have, whether it's a car loan, whether it's a, um, a credit card or whatever account you have, they want to make sure that you're paying at least a minute, the minimum amount every single month and on time, which means that it's just telling somebody that you're very responsible with the debt that you are incurring like so okay if you get a car and your minimum payment on your car is a hundred dollars a month you know they want to make sure that okay she's paying this hundred dollars every month on time like she's supposed to do which means that she's a responsible borrower so it's just like so if you go to a bank they'll look at your your credit history and they'll say oh okay she's good with her money she got it all together so we can lend her some more money if she want to do something else with it Oh, okay, okay, I see what you're saying. And also, you're wanting to get a house um, in the next couple of years. Have you started, like, the process, like, looking or anything like that? Are you just, like, in the very much beginning stages? No, so I'm trying to prepare myself financially in order to be able to purchase a home, which means I want to clear off as much debt as I possibly can and then just start building up my savings because I don't want to go ahead and buy a home unless I have, you know, a nice nest egg of cash on hand. Because once you become a homeowner, it's not like living in an apartment. So if something goes wrong or something's broken, Mm -hmm. you can't call the property management office. You can't call like the maintenance people in your building to come fix it. You are now responsible for that. So um, I feel like I would be better equipped to be a homeowner once Mm -hmm. I have like at least a small little nest egg of some money 
just so that it's just like, cause I don't want to go into a home and then start missing my mortgage payment or start missing payments on other thing. And then that, then, then that will later on affect my good credit score. Yes. So, oh my goodness. I'm glad you brought that up because everybody's like homeowner, homeownership, homeownership, yeah, get no. a home cause you're doing rent. I'm like, yeah, that's true. But think about the convenience of an apartment is that the maintenance will come out like they'll come yeah. out they'll fix this you ain't got to worry about cutting no grass you don't really got to worry about too much uh if something happens you can just call them and they'll help you because that goes into your thing like into exactly your rent. but as soon as you get your own house and boy that plumber that thing messed up you got to call a plumber you got to do this right the toilet right. for about three months <laughs> for right you to get enough capital to even pay it off and so like i think it's good to have a home like homeownership but it's just like Okay, well, everybody don't have twenty thousand dollars to put down and twenty thousand dollars saved if something goes wrong. That's exaggerating, but even if it's twenty thousand, no, but still. no, no. But you're you're right. You're one hundred percent right. And and my viewpoint on home ownership is that it's like yes, it's a great way to you know to build wealth to have something that maybe you could pass down to your children. Or maybe you're buying a home to later sell it or flip it or whatever the situation is. But mm-hmm. it's just like. I never advise going into any type of financial decision when if you feel unprepared or if you feel yes. uncomfortable. No one should pressure you. You mm-hmm. shouldn't feel pressured to buy a home because all your friends are buying houses, so mm-hmm. you gotta buy one too. No, nah, right. sis, if you ain't got your money together, if your credit score ain't looking like what it's supposed mm-hmm. to do, honey, don't do it. Because there are yeah. banks, there are banks out here that is just like, you know, there are some lenders that they can work with you. They will find you a loan. They might have like a first-time home buyer program. They'll do what they need to do. And there are actually realtors out there that would do everything in their power to get you in the home. But then it's like, that realtor is not going to pay your mortgage every month. That realtor is not going to be there when your roof start leaking, when, right. your, your, when your plumbing and your AC go out. You're going to have to handle that. So it's like, mm-hmm. I never I never want people to ever feel pressured by society to do something mm-hmm. as big as buying a home. Because buying a home, that's a huge step. So yes. if you're not ready, if you're not ready, keep renting mm-hmm. and keep saving yes. until until you are ready. I'm like, um, anyways, I'm like, I, yeah, I don't like paying rent. I'm like, I won't even like paying a mortgage. Honestly, I don't like paying anything, you know? Oh, hello. So, hello. So it's hello. not like if I paid, if I was paying a mortgage, I still like, y'all paying a mortgage. No, that's more expensive. And so I do think now it's like about like passing down like generational wealth and different things like that. Like you could have property that you could still have property and pass things down. It doesn't necessarily be have to be your house you know so i think even with that and stuff like that it's like people learn different things and who's to say that um if i have this house right now that my kids are going to want to live in it 30 years later what right new house and then i feel like there are other ways to invest and there are other ways to accumulate wealth Mm -hmm. other than buying a home i don't think that buying a home is like the end all be all like you gotta have a home like Mm -hmm. or you're not successful like no Mm -hmm. you can you can invest in like the stock market you can start a business you can invest Mm -hmm. in a business like there are other ways i'm all for providing people with options i never want to feel i never want to be in a position where i feel like i have to do something that Mm -hmm. i'm not 100 percent sold on especially when it got to do with my money like honey i go I go to work every day. So when that when that deposit comes, mm-hmm. I want to have full control over how my money is, right. you know, spread out throughout the mm-hmm. world. And if I don't feel like buying a house right now, then, I ain't gonna buy it. Baby, I ain't gonna buy it, right? Right. <laughs> I just seen um that I know you were talking about your job. I don't know if you still have the same job. Do you still do you still like work in business or accounting now or no? 
No, I work in um, real estate, so I'm oh, in um, commercial okay. commercial property management. What? That's what I want to do. Oh my gosh! I don't know how to get into it, but I do want to work in commercial real estate. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, that's how you know so much about the real estate. Sure, I need to bring you back for real estate season. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was asking that because uh, I know you were saying like earlier, like uh, your job was. Uh, doing like you were doing good when you got like your um your last position and stuff like that and i recently know like when you were talking about becoming debt free i seen on your instagram that you uh got your very first apartment this year yes yes um, so i just wanted to like talk about a little bit about that like this story i like behind it like maybe why you chose to just now get an apartment or like was there a reason why you yeah like waited i guess to get an apartment just now yeah <laughs> So I actually, um, so when I graduated from college and I, I attended Florida a University and um, when I graduated, I moved back to the D.C. area, which is where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And I had a boyfriend at the time and me and him got an apartment together. And then mm-hmm. when we broke up, you know, I moved back in with my mom right. to try to, you know, to try to just like figure things out from then. Mm-hmm. Um And then when I'm when coming out of that relationship, I had a lot of debt. Like, I know this isn't a relationship um, mm-hmm. podcast, yes, but, but, but okay. that, that relationship made me in, uh, acquire more debt than I needed to. Oh, that's so Yeah, so that's a story for another day. So coming out of it, it's like I had no choice but to move back with mm-hmm. my mom just so I could have an opportunity to at least, you know, be in a place where, okay, my money isn't going towards paying a rent. I can just be saving my money and also paying off all of the debt that I've mm-hmm. accumulated, you know, yeah. from that situation. Uh-huh. So once I finally got myself to a place where number one, I was making and I was making more money. So I felt good about my salary and I finally just, you know, saved up. I had mm-hmm. enough in my in my savings that I felt comfortable enough to just go ahead and make that move so and then you know so that happened for me so at 30 years old that's when I had my first apartment by myself so and then that's another thing is just like don't feel like you need to do something by Mm -hmm. a certain age because I mean if you had asked me like 10 years ago I would have thought that I would have had my own apartment way earlier or way mm-hmm. sooner but it's just like that's not how my life turned out and yes. it's just like and it's nothing I'm ashamed of I'm feeling good because guess what uh I make I make enough and I budget so mm. it's just like rent is not a problem for me like oh it's the first of the month oh it's okay because my rent is already paid two months in advance so I'm okay. not no, I yes don't have, I don't have nothing to worry about I'm feeling very secure mm-hmm. with where I'm at financially of course yeah. it can of course it can get better uh-huh. but it's just like I got my apartment at a time when it's just like I'm not being you know, for you. I'm not flinching when it's the mm-hmm. first of the month. Like yes. I'm not worried about it because it's it's an account. It's 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 paid already. Right. I'm not worried about it. Yes. It's um. So I have two questions. Uh, following up on that. So it's not a relationship podcast, but I do have a question. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, like, coming out of college, I know you said that you went and lived with your significant other. Do you think, from a financial point, like? Uh, financial standpoint do, would you recommend someone doing that again like from your experience or do you think like no like you should not go in with somebody um like living with somebody because finances and like when that mixes get mixed up like things turn left or do you feel like it could be good 
Uh, it all depends on your situation. Um, when I was with my ex, we were already together for four years before we even moved. Actually, no, we didn't. We moved in together like our sixth year of being in a relationship together. So it was already somebody that I already knew him for what felt like forever. <laughs> so I thought I was making a good decision, you know, by moving in with him. But yeah, it is true that it's just like once you're living with somebody, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, or even if it's just like a roommate situation, like you do have to have that talk about finances. Like how are we going to pay the rent? How are we going to pay the cable, the gas, the electric, you know, whatever else bills you have, you do have to have that open and honest conversation and you just got to stay on top of it. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't do, the mistake that I made is I didn't stay on top of him paying his half. So although I was paying my half, <gasps> he wasn't paying his half what? and I didn't find out, I didn't find out until it was like too late. And what happens when you're in a situation when you're paying things late or you're not mm -hmm. paying things, you know, on time, or you're making half payments. You know, a lot of times you have these companies that they like to charge you like late payments mm -hmm. and sure additional, <laughs> additional fees. So I ended up having to foot the bill oh. for things that he wasn't paying. What? And what was, what was messed up is that he wasn't even telling me that he didn't, he didn't make the payments or he wasn't, you know, able to, mm -hmm. you know, cause in, in a normal situation, <laughs> if you have a, if you have a boyfriend and y'all live together, if he can't come up with his half of the rent, he should tell you like, Oh, Hey, you know, sorry, I don't got my rent this month. You know, can you cover me or can we do something? Like, what can we do? And then that's a normal situation. Mm -hmm. Now with this situation, it's just like, I didn't know. And then the rental office, it's like, he, he was an entrepreneur. So he was home more than I was home. Cause I worked a standard like nine to five job, So I'm always mm -hmm. in the office. So he got the mail before I even got home. So even when the, the, the property management office would send us letters about us being late or whatever, what? he would get the, he would get the letters before I see it. And he would either like throw it away or just hide it. And you know, I'm, I'm thinking everything is okay. Cause I'm not getting no letters or no calls right. from the property management office. So I'm thinking everything is okay. So that's how I ended up in that debt is mm -hmm. just because once we, you know, at the end of our lease, we had this huge balance and I ended up being the <gasps> one that had to cover it. Why did like, you? Oh, heck no. Because see, and the apartment was in my name. <gasps> I was the primary because at the time my credit was better than his. My I had a steady paying, you know, paying job and he was an entrepreneur. So he didn't have a steady you know, every two weeks kind uh -huh. of paycheck. It's like he had like the busy season, the not so busy season. So definitely my <laughs> advice to anybody who is contemplating moving in with their significant other is to number one, have the conversation about income. Like, okay, do you have a job and how often are you getting paid? Now, whether, now if you're an entrepreneur, if your significant other is an entrepreneur or works some type of job where they're not getting like a steady paycheck then you should require them to have a sizable saving like they need to have just like a huge emergency fund just like mm -hmm. stacks in the savings so just in case they go to a into a period where they're not making as much then at least they got a savings to kind of like back them up and mm -hmm. you know so that they can still make ends meet because at least for me i know for a fact i get paid every two weeks and I know exactly how much I'm going to get paid because I'm a salary employee. There's, mm -hmm. you know, there's no surprises when I get my check. And if it is a surprise, I'm going to call it HR and figure it out. 
Right, <laughs> right. Oh so, my goodness, that's so that's the, so that's the mistake that I made going into that situation. Is I didn't ask the right question. I was just mm-hmm. so excited to just be moving in with my boyfriend. I thought mm-hmm. everything was all cool and like, oh, we gonna get married and everything is gonna be so great. But it's like, no, ma'am. I'm not. I'm not even asking all the right questions. So yeah, so, your life stuff is on stuff like that. Nothing's going on. You right. Like, well, I pay my half. Right. Because, right. And for me, because my income is so steady and so reliable, all of my bills are always on like automatic withdrawal. Like I always set it up that way so that, so that I don't, so that I don't forget for myself. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, if I know the money is there, then it's just like, I don't have no problem about it being automatically taken out because it's mm-hmm. like I don't take on more bills than I can handle I've never done that but <laughs> yeah. right because it's just like I've always been generally responsible but it's just like because I had to cover for someone else's mistake mm-hmm. then that's what really kind of just like set yes, me back yeah. a lot and I had, I just had to relearn everything and just you know mm-hmm. learn how to be super attentive about every single dollar that comes in and out of my mm-hmm. account and so definitely if you're in a relationship out there girl or or, or guy or whoever just ask those hard questions and it could be uncomfortable having those type of conversations with your significant other but it's just like is i'll rather be uncomfortable having that conversation right than to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. paying off all, right you gotta some, say that some bill or some debt that i didn't even that that's wasn't even my fault mm-hmm. that's why I, like. I would never i was like oh, i'm not living with my boyfriend because i said that stuff gets a little iffy switchy oh, girl. but girl. yeah when you say that my friends they're like y'all live with them because when it comes to the rent to pay the debt and people be saying uh-uh baby it that'd be a little funny uh, i don't know nothing about that one for real for real but uh, <laughs> that is a whole other conversation. <laughs> but thank you for sharing that because I think some people like in this generation we do kind of live with significant others and stuff like that because like we wanted to make it like cheaper to live and everything's like that. But mm-hmm. in certain circumstances, it doesn't really work out because someone's not paying it. And it could be you, sis or sir. Make sure y'all paying y'all side of the rent, <laughs> right? Or or just be open to having you know, conversation is like, cause you know, things happen. You might lose a job or things may not work out for you, but you, but in those times you need to be open enough with your partner to let them know what's happening. And then together y'all can figure something out. So in my situation, not only did he, was he not making enough, but then he wasn't even telling me that he wasn't making enough. So I didn't have no clues. Cause I'm thinking everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's not okay at all and so with that i wanted to ask you you said that you have your accounts on auto pay and stuff like that with your bills Mm -hmm. so do you have separate accounts for your bills and fun play and different things or do you have everything in one account no so i have i have a checking account where all of my expenses you know get taken out so that's all of them so not only so like my rent my phone bill my car insurance plus like my play money like if i want to go to brunch if i want to go take a vacation or something all of that expenses all of those are in one account and then i have two separate savings account i have a short-term savings and then a long-term savings account so that's how that's how my money is split up okay do you have a high yield savings account no it's not a it's not necessarily a high yield it's it's, the apr on that is really not that high but it's with a um it's with a credit union Mm. so so i i chose to have my money with a credit union because um like I said earlier, I plan on buying a home and credit unions typically have lower rates than mm-hmm. um, than traditional uh, national banks. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to make sure I had some of my money with them so that 
you know, if I end up buying this house, at least I already got my, you know, I already have an established relationship with the credit union. That's true. Thinking about future. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> and um, with that, like, what do you think, uh, like, in this new generation, not this new generation, in this generation, like, we're all about, like, financial freedom and generational wealth and things like that. What do you think about, like, those words? Like, do you think those are buzzwords? Like, do you have your own, um, well, I know you have, like, you have your own idea of, like, what financial freedom is to you? Yes, to me, financial freedom is just feeling, is it's just a level of security. Like, I know that, okay, it's the first of the month. I'm not worried about nothing. I'm not feeling, I'm not asking my manager for an extra shift. I'm not out here trying to, you know, hustle and babysit and dog walk to try to find enough money, you know, just to, just to pay my rent. It's just like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good. I'm confident enough um, with my level of finances that it's just like, I know that it's just like my bills are taken care of. Now, if I lose my job, then, okay, I got something to worry about. But it's just like, as long as I'm still employed and I have my multiple streams of income, mm-hmm. then it's just like, I'm good to go. So yes. to me, that's, it's, it's, it's just a level of security, just knowing mm-hmm. that it's just like, you know, because money isn't everything and you want to be able to enjoy your life. So it's just like, mm-hmm. you don't want to have to worry about money and money can cause like so much stress on us that it's just like, whatever you can do to remove that stress from you then it's just like do that and and actually one of the biggest part of removing that stress from you is to make sure that you're living within your means say that like that is literally if you don't get nothing from this whole conversation it has to be live within your means so if you making forty thousand dollars then you need to be living a forty thousand dollar life if you make it seventy five thousand dollars then you need to be living within that bracket don't be out here trying to be you know, you champagne lifestyle, but you got a beer budget or a water budget, okay? Like, don't don't stunt for the gram cause, and then be at home sleeping, you know, on the floor or something crazy like that. Like, it's not it's not cute. Because I know mm-hmm. I, I, I personally know some people that it's just like, on social media, you think they like, their life is so fabulous. But in real life, it's like, they're in massive amount of credit card debt. Like I'm talking over like fifty thousand dollars just worth of straight up credit card debt. What? Like just fun, just putting trips and you know outings and all this other stuff just on their credit cards because they're trying to keep up with a certain lifestyle. But it's like sis, it if, if that's not you, then it's just like let it. You know, let it go. You can still have fun, but it's just like have fun responsibly. Like save up enough money so that you can go on a trip, so that you can buy yourself a nice bag or nice shoe or you know whatever it is that you want to get. But just make sure that you're always living within a me. And actually, that's one thing that is just like I've made sure to stress along my debt free journey is because a lot of times when you hear. Um, these like super debt diehard like debt free gurus on Instagram like yeah it's like they shut down their whole life just so that they could pay all your all their debt. I know that that's that's you know that could be that's that could be somebody else's way of living, but it's just like personally yours. for me, and it's just like I'm a blogger. I'm still trying to be out here on the scene. I want to go out mm-hmm. with my friends. Like I'm still I'm young. I don't have any kids. I don't have no responsibilities. Yeah. Like. I'm still trying to be out here living my life. So it's just like, as part of my budgeting, I know that I like brunch. So I'm going to budget a certain amount for brunch every single month. Cause I know that's what I like to do. And I, I will go crazy if somebody forced me not to brunch and go out with my friends for like, mm-hmm. you know, three months or six months or something. 
Yeah. So you have to just like make sure that it's just like you're living within your means. So if you got to cut that cable off so you can have an extra $50 a month, do that. If you need to cut off like Netflix and Hulu, just borrow somebody else's account because that's what everybody doing anyway. So so figure out, figure out ways. Like I got to a point, I was even at like, let's say like last, last year, like just to try to like save money. Like thankfully my, my house was really close to my office. So I used to walk to work to save money on transportation so that, so that I wouldn't have to walk or, um, so that I wouldn't have to, um, take the bus or, um, drive my car. Um, mm-hmm. I used to just walk cause I mean, my, my job was like, it was like two miles from my house, which is not that bad. And it's, that's in the city. So it was like a safe walk or whatever, but I used to just walk. So it's just like, not only I'm killing two birds, two stones, um, two birds with one stone with that. Cause I'm getting my exercise. Cause you know, you gotta be healthy out here and I'm saving mm-hmm. money cause I'm not paying anything for transportation. So mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you have, like really take a look at your life and figure out ways that you can save money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I didn't have a cable for a whole bunch of a whole year. I was like, I'm about to watch this free YouTube, <laughs> right? But I was like, and then like car payments and like that because like so much can take a lot of your money. And I just that's why I thought it was good when you said, um, like you have more streams of income, like yeah. having like more than one stream of income is important. And just thinking about how to even do that as well. But yeah, uh, definitely. I think um, some people are learning living between living within their means now and that was one thing i was gonna say earlier when you were saying how like you just turned 30 and you had your first apartment which society like people um like being ashamed of different things stuff like that like i'm like i'm not ashamed of nothing i think oh society no to be society should be ashamed mm-hmm. because like who says you really have to have a house at 30 like the way this job market is like you can stay in the like you can stay in the apartment you can live with your parents like who wants to buy a five hundred thousand dollar house and can barely even pay their rent on it like i just don't right. understand and even I was talking to my friend. She was like, oh, you're so open, like, about your student debt. I was like, well, yeah, I ain't nothing to be ashamed of it. Because now if I knew, if people talked about it, how much debt that they were in and it was hard to get a job, I wouldn't have went in this much debt if I didn't have to. Right. Oh, <laughs> and so trust. I'm just, like, I'm just like, no, I'm not really ashamed of it. I think society should be ashamed of all this interest rate that they're charging, all this and that stuff. And then they want you, then they don't pay you for what your degree is worth. Mm-hmm. And they tell you to go to school and then you're spending all this money and they don't tell you how hard it is to find a job. So I'm like, no, I should not be ashamed of nothing. Like, they're really going to get this when they get it. I don't even know when they're going to get it. And now everything's happening. It's just like at this point, like, you really got to look out for yourself and you got to make sure what you can do because society will tell you you got to be 30, you got to have a $500,000 house, a nice car, you got to be married, have kids, like, making $8 no. an hour. No. <laughs> and, and that's why it's just like everything should happen with, you know, on your own timeline. If your sister is, is if she got all that, okay, good for her. Good job, sis. But if that's not working out for your your life, then it's just like don't force yourself to do it because you're only going to stress yourself out even more. And then it's just like, you know, like finances is really just about paying attention to what you can really afford or like or the lifestyle that you can afford to live based on your current income or your current, you know, like salaries and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. Right. And, and then if if your parents have an extra room or if you can live with them, trust me, uh-huh. live with your parents for as long as possible. Any type of situation where you can have either free or reduced rent, go for it. And then but make but make sure 
make sure you saving that money. Don't be living at your mama house and then be partying every weekend and spending all your money. That's not gonna well, work either. I feel like, well, I don't know because um, I'm that person. I didn't even party that weekend, but I'm just like, well, it it depends on where you live because where I live, I couldn't even save any money. I'm like, I live with my parents, but I couldn't really save that much money. I guess I saved some money, but I didn't really get to save that much money because, but I wasn't making that much money either, you know. So I do think mm-hmm. it depends on where you live at and the job opportunities there. Like if you making 30,000 or 20,000 maybe but if you're only making like if you're working at Kroger no shade no tea whoever worked at Kroger but if you're only working at Kroger you're literally like barely making it so I don't yeah. like barely making it in the sense like it's gonna be hard to really save you know you can live with your parents but it's gonna be hard to save as well yeah I, I totally that. understand that mm-hmm. so yeah um these are a couple of fun questions that we just ask our uh you know, um, our, what is it? I can't even think of it. Our interviewees or whatever. So you already answered one, um, financial freedom. Um, I wanted to ask like, what is your money goal for the end of the year? Oh, my money goal is to pay. I have, I have a a small loan. It's about, it's like $6,000 left on it. My money goal is to finish paying that off by the end of the year yes okay that's great and then um who are some of your favorite instagram accounts to follow Mm. um hmm, good question my like off the top of my head uh it's like dana bolden her name is popping up because we were just talking about her earlier Mm -hmm. so of course her name is popping up because she's just fabulous and i actually had a chance to meet her um when she was still living when she was still living um in baltimore she had an did event. you go to dinner with dana no i didn't go to dinner with oh. dana she had another one called um i forgot the name of the event it was called like my bold in life or something yes, i forgot yes, the name of it but mm-hmm. but i went to the event and it's just like she's one of those people where because sometimes you know you might have a favorite influencer or blogger yeah. or youtuber and they're they're one way on um, the internet uh-huh. but then a different way in person yeah. and dana she from well from my experience i don't know anybody else's experience her, but <laughs> from from my experience she was the exact same way same cool person she was like so personable like i felt like me and her was best friends like in a room full of like 50 or 70 other girls mm-hmm. I felt like me and her was like friends like, I felt like everything she was saying was she was just talking just to me by myself so yes. I love that about I love that about her personality so she's definitely one of my favorite um, yeah and then there's another account um, it's actually a, a like a finance related blogger and his name is um, well his handle is um, the millennial next door and he just oh, talks about yeah, so he talks about everything. So not only is he talking about debt stuff, he's talking about, you know, purchasing homes and um and he talks a lot about um investing and how to get started with investing. Like if you want to do like the stock markets cuz that stuff it can be intimidating when you're oh, first starting. Yes. So so he has a lot of different posts that are really good. He really just kind of like simplifies everything cuz you know, when you're talking about money like I said before, it can be stressful mm-hmm. and overwhelming. And it's all this like complicated stuff out there that you like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes sometimes you can get so overwhelmed that you don't even want to try it anymore. At so all. it's like, so sometimes it's good to have somebody that can like 
explain it to you in a simple way so it can give you the courage to get started. Because sometimes mm. there's people out there, such as myself, if I'm overwhelmed, I'm just not going to do it. I'm Me just, too. I'm I just going to fall back. I swear with stocks and everything, like it's so overwhelming. Like I understand why sometimes people, I don't want to say can't get ahead, but some like money is like so much like to learn like the stocks. And yes. You just do that. And sometimes you see why people just stay right where they are because like some people don't got the mental capacity for that. Like I just don't know. I, I, I can't really wrap my head around it. Then got to learn this, learn that. And then mm-hmm. got to know how to move this and move that. I'd be like, who child? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> Exactly. And that's why when you can find somebody that can just explain it in a in a simple way and they, mm-hmm. they have like an a, approachable personality, then, you know, learn as much as you can from that person and then try to apply some of that knowledge to your own life. Yes, definitely. Love that. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, uh, are you like, uh, was one of your goals <laughs> uh, with your Instagram? Uh, yes, y'all go check out her Instagram is darkerberry. Um, and she has 10k followers so you know she got that swipe up feature that's what we're trying to get out here <laughs> um but i wanted to ask like uh for if looking into being like a full-time influencer or do you like like the balance of like a full-time job and then i guess a full-time influencer or a part-time influencer i don't know necessarily what you call yourself with the no um I'm actually fine with, you know, I know a lot of people do this just so that they can be able to quit their nine to five one day, but that's not in my like five year plan. I like having that stable income because, mm-hmm. you know, honey, ain't nothing like that every two weeks check that just be coming in there. And I mean, you said granted, it a lot this episode. Girl, you do like girl. that. Girl, because I, I get I get paid next Thursday, and girl, I, I already divided that whole check up. I already know exactly what's going to happen with that money, okay? I get real excited. I get real excited. Yes. But, um, and expe- especially because my next check is like, so I have like a bills check and then I have a free check. Mm-hmm. So my first check, yes. all of that money goes towards paying a bill. And then the, the second check is like, all that money is play money because ain't no more bills to pay. So, mm-hmm. so I get it. I get excited about the second check. You get excited check. on that second check. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. What, what brunch is going on? What trip am I about to plan? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm not trying to quit my job no time soon. Not in the next five years. Not unless something, you know, significant. Not unless I just, like, mm-hmm. randomly just, like, blow up to some weird capacity or something. But, no. Hey, um, I like... You want that Maddie James challenge, Okay. You might right. Get <laughs> right. That was that was definitely a, a great a great challenge to really kind of just like you know get myself uh-huh. fo- more focused on the blog and I I have started m- making more money from my blog now so I'm yeah, very happy yeah, I'm very happy good. with that but it's just like you know being an influencer as you know it's a lot it's of work. work it's a mm-hmm. lot of work and you always got to be hustling and you know yeah. right now I really enjoy having the bulk of my income come from. Right come from my regular nine to five job Mm because sometimes I see that you know when you're an influencer when some of them are out here you know really just chasing these deals and chasing these sponsor posts they ended up it's like their whole page is not authentic anymore it's just like a whole a whole ad it just looked like a newspaper with just a bunch of ads or something Mm -hmm. so I'm just like where's your personality (laughs) right but it's just like you can't be you can't be over if every single post you got is a sponsored post then I'm just Mm -hmm. like girl do you even really like this product because or are you just accepting a check Mm -hmm. like I I know that's why it's like so hard kind of because it's like dang you want them to get paid you want them to get their coins and then it's like okay girl I'm tired of you uh talking about some blondes and some couches like that's not what I followed you for but I don't right. know, like, 
right but i like that too like balance like i'm like i want to do this but i also like the idea of having nine to five you know yeah because like for example like i know one blogger like she started posting just out of the blue. She started, she, she does like fashion stuff. So I followed her for fashion stuff. And then out of the blue, she started pushing all this like flat tummy tea stuff. And I was like, oh God, once mm-hmm. it gets to flat tummy tea, you know, ain't nobody really mm-hmm. using flat tummy tea to lose weight. Like, come on now. Like, and then you and start- when celebrities are using it and everything. No, right. And I'm this. like, I know y'all not using that stuff for real. Come on. Like, mm-hmm. so, so, and then it, she was just like pushing on this like random product and it just didn't feel like, so like Maddie was saying, you got to like have things that you have to like, you know, tell your story. So it's like all these products and stuff. It wasn't fitting her story of being mm-hmm. like, you know, this fabulous fashion person. You, now mm-hmm. you just like pushing random, you know, and I mean, by all means, get your check, boo, but it's just like, you need to find a way to integrate it. So it doesn't yes. throw so it doesn't throw your audience off and for me mm-hmm. you know i don't i want to keep my brand as authentic and straightforward as possible and i don't yeah. like to, and i don't like to i don't push any products that i mm-hmm. personally don't sign off of or use myself mm-hmm. so you Definitely. so you so it's like i have a huge like fitness section of my blog and it's mm-hmm. just like i would never you would never see me push no flat, flat tummy, tummy tea because <laughs> I don't use that stuff. I don't be taking none of these like you know random like stuff. One day I used it. Oh, and my tummy's like, girl, you not use that right. flat tummy tea, right? <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, I definitely like that that authentic authenticity and I can't even say authenticity. Yeah, <laughs> I can't say it. But yeah, I like that too. And it's like it's so hard storytelling and different things like that. But it is another little good like income on the side or like that. So I'm trying to bring mine up but it's, it's so much is going on it's just like dang and it's like you're just fighting you fighting with the maddie james and the dana boulders and stuff like that not necessarily fighting but people are following them and it's just like oh okay well and also i feel like it's kind of hard this is going off on a tangent but i feel like it's kind of hard because i'm like nothing really like stands out you know like they're all about like motherhood and like wife and like i guess it's like millennial stuff like that but i'm like oh, okay <laughs> like it's like we're all kind of doing the same thing trying to do different things and yeah. i'm like i don't have nothing that just like stands out like i guess like travel too but now there's some people who are traveling so i feel like it's always so kind of hard to make that personal connection but see i feel like whatever you post there's somebody out there that's going to connect with it and especially if you're really like showing your personality like people are going to fall in love with who you are and then they'll buy into whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. selling them so i feel like is and that's why it's just like that whole storytelling component is so important because mm-hmm. i remember like um let's say five no f- like four years ago i had this idea to to host an event and at that time i probably had like four thousand followers or something so i was thinking like dang i can't have an event i only got four thousand followers everybody that i was seeing having an event they had like 20 and thirty thousand followers and i'm like but i really have this good idea and then i just took a leap of faith i was like you know what i'm going to figure this out and i'm going to have an event so i hosted a vision board brunch and that thing sold out. Like I was surprised. It, it sold out, and I was selling extra tickets at the door. Like <gasps> it was beyond oh. my beyond my expectations. And then it's just like from that point on, you know, like I literally I set a goal. I prayed about it. I I researched it. I I figured everything out. And I you know I called on my friends and my family to kind of like help me out and help me you know put everything together. And then I made it work. And then. From that point on, I started having that event every single year. So actually, in January, I'm going to be having um, my fifth annual vision board brunch because it's just like I've been doing it every year. Is it going to be virtual? Yeah, this one, yeah. Unfortunately, 
Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's the five years, so I was really already planning like a huge, grand, fabulous event. But mm-hmm. yeah, now I'm having. What's well, to... going to be grand and fabulous on virtual? You get way more. Yes, people. yes. You know. <laughs> right, but it's just like it. I would have loved to connect with everybody, like you know, in mm-hmm. person. But you know, because of COVID, you know, I ain't trying to get nobody right, sick. Right, like, I here, went so. to a vision um, board uh, with Doctor Barry. Um, <laughs> and got and got the COVID, so I don't want. I don't want that to happen to anybody. So I'm going to have to shift it to an online platform. Mm-hmm. So I'm working through all the details of it now. But it's just like, you know, if you have an idea, if you want to do something, girl, do your research, <laughs> figure it out, figure out how to execute it, and then just do it. Don't even care about, oh, you know, it's like 10,000 other people doing vision boards now. <laughs> I so love what? Somebody's going to somebody is going to like the way that you are doing it and then they're going to come to it yes i really love that for anybody else who's listening take that word too and i think it's just so hard seeing it as well but i love vision boards i do vision boards too but i'm gonna let us know and then we can share your information because i definitely will probably be thank you um and definitely want to say thank you for coming on the podcast joining us is there any like i guess like last advice last tips someone they can follow you at you know just so they can connect with you yeah, well, the last tip I have is to just like live within your means and live within your lane. Like, don't even pay attention to what everybody else is doing. Like, figure out what makes you happy and then just focus on that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, do you, I don't know if you have Facebook, Twitter, or anything. I already said your Instagram, oh, yeah. but anything else that you may have? Oh, your website. Yeah, the, well, the best way to connect with me is on um, is on Instagram, and it's darker berry, and it's um, the berry is spelled with an I E, not a Y. Um, so, and then on my Instagram, there are links to my website, and usually anything else I'm doing, there's a link for it within my um, on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I uh, want to say thank you so much for listening, and if you do not, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Millennial Thoughts Pod Two L two ends and leave us a review on wherever you listen to us at iTunes, you know, Google Play, wherever it's at. And make sure you just follow us and stay connected and join our Facebook group, uh, Millennial Thoughts as well. Um, and yes, thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoy this. Thank you for being a part, Yasmin. This has been great. And it has been brought to my attention that the episode is over. I know. But if you want to keep on following up with us and stay in tune for the next episode, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Millennial Thoughts Pod. And I want to leave you with this. Passion our purpose. Profit our pain. I don't want my name to ever be in vain. A life full of purpose is the only thing that will remain the same. Millennial Thoughts. <laughs>